Hey, are you ready to move your life? I mean, really move it? It's time to turn up the dial on your energy, your health, your sport performance, your happiness, and your relationships. If you want to live with more freedom, more adventure, more passion, more fun, and more success, if you're ready to get your brain in the game and achieve the most out of every area of your life, then it's time to move to live and live to move with your host, Jill Summers. Hello, you made it. You are here. You are in the right place if you are ready to dial up your life. This is Jill with Jill Lim Summers Performance Coaching coming to you from Boulder, Colorado, here with Kim Taylor for the podcast series called Not in Kansas Anymore, Kim Taylor's Journey to Ironman Arizona. Today we're getting ready to review Kim's race, training, and where her body is in the process. She has basically two and a half weeks to go before race day. And by the time you all receive this, it will be one and a half weeks. So we're also going to announce to all of you how we're going to handle as we get closer and closer to the race, because we know a lot of people really want to keep up to speed with how things are going. They want to hear how Kim is doing once she arrives in Tempe. And by the way, Stay tuned to the call, rest of today's call, because we have some really exciting news to share with you uh, as we get partway through through the interview. But uh, so also stay tuned to how we're going to manage the last couple of weeks as we get closer, because as as you know, there's a bit of a delay between when we do the interview and then when we get it posted. So um, we'll definitely keep you in the loop. Uh, one of the best places to go to stay up to speed is to Kim's uh, uh, Facebook page, her training page, which is called Kim T's Ironman Training. Is that right, Kim? Do I have it? Yeah, yeah Kim T's Ironman Training. Yeah, Kim T's Ironman yeah. Training. So go to that page to stay up to speed with all the latest and the greatest. And like I said, we will will do our best to stay as prompt with our postings as possible. And what we're playing with is doing some Facebook lives because that will really bring you into the moment, which is what, what we're really excited about doing and having a greater impact on your experience with, with Kim's whole journey. So here we are, Kim, how are you doing today? You know what? I'm good. I'm good. I just finished my workout for today just a little bit ago and I'm feeling a little tired from that, and quite honestly, it was a little bit of a mental challenge to get through, but um, all, all things considered, I'm actually doing pretty well. Tell us more about the mental challenge. Is this new? Is it old? Is it, what, what is the mental challenge at this point? You know, it's kind of a new mental challenge for me because usually my mental challenge is the negative self-talk that I have to overcome, which is getting very infrequent, which is good. But today uh, and recently in the last week or so, it's been more of a mental challenge of staying focused and continuing to work hard um, as things get close and I'm almost to the end and I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. I just am kind of in a mental place where I just want it to be over. I want to be done with the training. And um, so getting out the door <clears throat> to the gym or to the pool is getting a little bit, a little bit challenging. And today's workout was a difficult one in terms of intensity and working hard in the pool. And it was, um, 
I did it, but it was really hard to stay in that space to just work hard. Mm. So that's the new mental challenge for me. And it's so common right now. Um, Ironman athletes know this or anybody who has worked hard towards something for an extended period of time. And let's be really honest, Kim has been working on this for more than a year. The common training, official training plan for Ironman is about nine months. And she got a really nice head start on all of it. So, you know, just think about working hard towards something for a year or more. And it's common, it's human to be like, all right, enough already so with that in mind we know that you're you're not crazy for being this way you're not lazy it's just a natural side effect of being focused on something for so long what what techniques can you share with us that you've been using to help mitigate those mental challenges and stay on track I think the biggest one really is being aware of what's going on and not seeing it as a fault or as I'm lazy, but seeing it as a normal response to this and understanding where it's coming from and being able to tell myself that I can overcome that because this is understandable, but I, I know, but I can still overcome it. So it's just a lot of mental talk to myself about where it's coming from and being self-aware of what the thoughts are and who's providing them. Whether it's, we talked, I don't know if it was a week or two ago about my LL and EB personalities and, and EB just steps in and says, you're just going to do it. There's no option here. And, you know, so really as opposed to sometimes deep breathing is kind of my way of getting settled into something something like this for me, it's more just a force myself to mentally shift um, by changing my thoughts um, is the biggest thing. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And, and I think that it's worthy of mentioning here that this isn't appropriate just for sport. It's appropriate for anything that you're going for in your life. And let's face it, most things that are big enough that get you excited to stay on track for more than a year uh, tend to also bring with them ups and downs. And you've got the highs of, yay, this is really awesome. And you've got the lows of, are you kidding me? Like I haven't gotten through this piece yet, or this is still difficult. It's supposed to be easy already. And the way in which we talk to ourselves about those valleys can either keep us in the valley or can pick us up by our bootstraps and, and keep moving forward. Yeah, I think we talked several weeks ago, actually, I think it was after the Oklahoma City race, and we were talking about dark spots during the race and how telling yourself that you know that this is not permanent, that this is temporary and it's going to go away and you'll get through it and it's not permanent. I think is another thought process that helps with days like today um, because yes, it's a tough workout, but in an hour or so you're going to be done with it and you're going to move on with your day and you're going to feel really good that you did it. And it's not a, you know, it's not a forever thing. It's just, just get through it in the moment. Yeah. And, and um, you know, the other thought is just, you have worked so hard for a year. It's just, you're not going to give it up now. And one of the, the thoughts that I've had in my head this entire time, it's just kind of, actually, it's just one of my mantras, really, is that not doing it 
is not an option. Yeah. It's just a non-negotiable. We, we've talked at one point a long time ago about what are your non-negotiables in life and um, what are you not willing to compromise on? And that's just something I've told myself in my head that this is a non-negotiable. So even though I may hate it, and today I really hated it, mm-hmm. it wasn't an option to not do it. I want to share with all of you, and I've shared this with Kim, so this won't be a surprise to her, and I mean this very wholeheartedly, that I've never had a client who has been more on track and not missing a workout. Typically, as coaches, we write the program the way we want our athletes to do it, but we expect them to probably complete 80% of it, and Kim has been spot on. So what you said is that this is not negotiable. In other words, my training plan, following my training plan is non-negotiable. Like this is just absolutely what I'm doing. There's not even a conversation going on in my mind about it because it's happening. Yeah. And there's a lot of mental energy that goes into making a decision of whether you're going to do something or not. And I've done that a lot in the past where, oh, I should go to the gym and exercise today because it's good for me. And then I sit for, well, should I do it? Yeah, I really don't want to do it. I should go do it. And an hour later, I'm just exhausted from thinking about it, and I end up not going and doing it. So just having it set in my head that there's really no option, it's going to happen, I'm doing it. And so it takes away that mental energy that I have to spend um, to get to the gym. Yeah, it's so true. And then in the process of, the, of that decision-making, you start making up stories about how hard it's going to be once you're there and how it's not going to be worth the effort. And it never is that case. I mean, it's almost always. I think, I don't know about you, but 99% of the time when I just get there, I'm like, oh, of course, I feel so much better after doing this. Yeah. So, you know, I made it a bigger deal in my mind. I can honestly say there's not one time in this last year that I've gotten home from my workout and thought, I wish I hadn't done that. (laughs) So I'm always really glad and very proud of myself that on the tough days I, that I push through and I'm always, it's been really rare uh, that I would come home thinking, you know what? I'm not happy or proud of my effort today. So even on the tough days. Yeah. You know, so many times when I'm working with clients, we get very clear on what the client wants to achieve. And sometimes it looks like something similar to what you're doing here, which is to complete an Ironman um, or something tangible like that. Yeah. I want to make more money. I want to attract love to my life. I want to be able to run a marathon. I want to climb a 14er. Uh, I want to build a better relationship in my, my family unit, uh, so forth. So it's sort of these, these tangible outcomes. But in the end, what really is the common thread is that people want to feel, number one, more joy in their lives. So it's really more of an inner process. It's an inner achievable they want to feel good about themselves and part of feeling good about themselves is feeling proud proud of who they are like liking who they are who they become who they're becoming how they lived their day falling asleep at night going yeah i'm i'm pretty kick-ass person i'm really liking what i've accomplished and what i what i'm doing and how i'm loving and how i'm allowing myself to be loved but what you just said is coming home from a hard workout equals feeling 
high amounts of pride. You know, we don't get proud by doing small things. We don't get confidence by doing small efforts. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely an element to that. And the whole joy thing, people, I think a lot of people out there would think, what on earth could be fun or be (laughs) joyful about doing something like this? And most of the time in the middle of the workout, it is not fun. Um, And there's not a lot of over-exuberant outward joy going on. But it's the inner satisfaction that I get from it that carries me through the entire day full of joy. So while there are moments that aren't fun and downright unpleasant, the overall effect that I get from doing it is adds to my joy. Mm. Mm -hmm. Nice. And I use that to pull from when I have hard days like today, I think about how good I'll feel when this is over and that helps me get through it too. That's such a great technique. It's a really good technique. We call that pre-paving, like thinking about what it's going to be in the end and allowing that to be uh, like a magnet that is pulling you toward it. And then it gives you the opportunity to focus on that thing that feels really good and let go of your focus of the effort that happens in the middle. Yeah. And it's been pretty easy. It's, it's been pretty easy for the most part to do that this last week or so it's getting a little more challenging as my brain wanders to, Oh my gosh, is this, when can this just be over? Like it's definitely getting more difficult to make that shift. I'm still doing it, but it's taking more effort the last week or two. Where we are right now in Kim's training plan with only two and a half weeks to go is her uh, physical effort is tapering down. Uh, We do this on purpose so that her body can recover from all the uh, training that she's been doing over the last year and, and certainly the peak of the last six weeks or so. And what happens as the physical training volume begins to funnel down the mental training begins to get bigger. The more of our focus is on the mental aspects. And part of that mental training is around the race anxiety that's starting to come up like, oh, yeah, this shit is real. I've got my race number. You got your race number, by the way. I did get my race number. It's always an exciting day when you get your race bib number. That's a big deal. Yeah. It does start to feel very real. What's the race number? 1650. I love the number. Yeah. So in numerology, do you know how to, how to come up with the, with the number? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. So we add the numbers as we go across. So 1 plus 6 is 7, 7 plus 5 is 12, and then it's 0. And then you always minimize down to a single digit. So 12 equals a 3 because it's 1 plus 2 equals 3. Ah, okay. Any numerologist out there, you can contact us and let us know what a 3 means. <laughs> I don't know enough about numerology to have it off the top of my head. We can look it up for you, though. But, but yeah, that's a 3. Okay, so we're going to look that up. I digress. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what I was saying is that the physical training is tapering down. It's getting less and less while 
uh, the mental training is actually getting more and more. Part of that is uh, pre-paving, like what I just talked about. We're pre-paving the race. Uh, we are troubleshooting the race. If things are coming up during the swim, how are how can Kim manage those? Um, there's a very real concern about the swim. What is that? Why don't you tell the listeners what that's all about? Yeah, the, uh, the swim I'm concerned with because the water temperature is going to be really cold. And I don't know exactly what it'll be. Last year it was 59 degrees. They're estimating it'll be around that this year, which is really cold. Uh, and so my, my biggest concern is it's a jump-in start. And so the initial shock to the system of jumping in water that cold and trying to do something physical with the physiological reaction of the cold water, which kind of shuts things down and constricts things and kind of tightens your chest. And, you know, I have a little bit of exercise induced asthma that tends to only really show up when I'm really cold. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to work through getting through the first part of the swim in that cold water and coming out the other side in a rhythm and feeling good about things and not having uh, moments of panic in my attempt to kind of breathe through that. So uh, it's a real, a real concern, um, but I'm trying to work through that. So Kim and I have actually been working through this anxiety and I've been giving her some techniques that she can use now in preparation. Uh, one of those is doing some open water swim in cold water. So she's actually going to try to pull that off this week, this weekend. She's going to be, she purchased an extra warm um, um, beanie. Um, to wear on her head and also she gets to wear um, booties so we are actually working on all that we're also working on the mental part of it I'm going to digress on purpose here for a moment because I heard you say that you have a little bit of exercise induced asthma but tell the listeners what has happened over the last year and a half with that yeah it used to be a lot more prominent and it's rarely an issue these days in fact I really haven't had much of an issue at all uh, I'm kind of concerned about it more as a proactive, preemptive kind of thing than it is concerned that it's actually going to flare up. And I am fairly convinced that that my shift into a healthier lifestyle with reduced inflammation and anti-inflammatory diet and, and eating whole real foods and less processed stuff and better sleep and less stress and things like that have all contributed to being less inflamed. And I think that has been a big contributor to my asthma being kind of a non-issue up to this point. That's so awesome. So, so many people out there using inhalers and um, then going ahead and filling their bodies with inflammatory products, foods, and, and, and so forth. It's just such a good success story to hear that yours has completely changed. Now, like Kim said, one of the triggers can be, um, cold, cold temperatures. So we're going to use the, the inhaler as a preemptive uh, piece, which is really good to know that we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we know that your race number is 1650. Things are getting real. The mental game is getting real. That's increased uh, focus here. Uh, the big thing uh, at the this point is the the cold swim. This is a really great time to um, shift into your thorn bud and rose. What are your thorn bud and rose this week? Well, for my thorn, it's really 
it's really around the mental part of the race and the anxiety that's coming with it getting close. And, and it's kind of twofold. It's really one, the, the anxiety and curiosity about how I'm actually going to do, uh, but it's also the logistics and the anxiety of the cold water and how things are going to function logistically. Um, and just really starting to fear I would say probably the most prominent thorn right now is just really starting to fear and have anxiety over the actual physical pain that's going to come that day and, and thinking about getting through it and purposely putting myself in that position. And, and all of those things about the race are kind of getting very heightened and really tugging at me mentally and emotionally a little bit um, as it gets closer. And so I found myself actually being a little more, I don't want to say unstable, but my emotions and my mood are swinging just a little bit more than typical um, from that anxiety. And, and I will point out that today was a perfect example of that because when I was in the pool swimming, I actually had moments of just almost internal rage, which came out of nowhere. Um, and part of it was because the swim was hard, but part of it I think is because there's an underlying low level of anxiety that's going on that's kind of creeping up as race gets closer. So that's the thorn. That's a long thorn. It's a big thorn. <laughs> Humongous thorn, but uh, managing it. My, my bud, something that I'm looking forward to that hasn't happened yet. What I'm going to say here is, is I am planning on, I'm having a dinner in Arizona the night before the race for all of my supporters that are coming uh, to the race to support me as kind of a thank you. And as kind of a moment to get together with everybody and kind of celebrate the year and celebrate the weekend and, and celebrate everything. And so I think what I'm really looking forward to is, is really having some time with everybody who's been so supportive and, and, and really celebrating the, the journey uh, and Saturday night, we'll kind of reflect that. And then the hoping that Mike Riley and the Dalai Lama show up. Uh, you know, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who listened to the previous episode, one of the questions was if Kim could have dinner with anybody alive or dead, who would she want to be there? And then I threw in the extra caveat, which is this is a dinner the night before your Ironman race. And right. he had chosen the Dalai Lama, Mike Riley, the voice of Ironman, and me. Well, and of course, I'm going to be there. Right. Yeah. One out of three ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a really fun evening with just kind of filling up that tank of joy and gratitude and support and all that stuff that, that I can use the next day during my race. And, yeah. um, my rose, something I'm celebrating. I just, you know, things are a little bit delayed, so this will actually come out next week. But as of right now, where I'm sitting, I'm in my first week of taper. And this last weekend, I finished my last peak volume training week. Uh, and even though this week is tapered, there's still a lot going on. I still have to work hard. But there's something psychological about getting through the peak training phase and moving to the next phase. And so I'm kind of celebrating getting this far, getting through peak training. Um, both with my effort and my focus, but also with my health and like 
just ready to go. So, yeah. Awesome. This is probably a really great time to announce our, our exciting news. Do you want to do it? Sure. Yeah. Actually, okay. right before I sat down to tape this uh, call, I got, my e I got an email from a representative from Iron Man, and they want to profile me as one of their profile athletes for the race, which they typically you know, pick a handful of athletes or races that they kind of follow and profile uh, for their marketing and everything. And they've chosen me to be one of their profile athletes for Ironman Arizona. So when I go there, they'll actually do a little video interview of me and they'll probably be, a, they'll follow me uh, during the race a little more closely than most of the athletes there and kind of profile me as a highlight person in the race, which is kind of special. It makes me feel special. Woohoo! Yay! Yeah. It's really exciting. That's so exciting. I would like to point out too with this news that, you know, we talk about how would you have reacted to that three years ago versus now. I'll bring that up. That three years ago, my thought process would have been, oh my gosh, now there's added pressure to actually finish because what if they're videoing me and I don't finish? That's going to be catastrophe and it would add to that anxiety and pressure. And I've really come to a place where I can let them do that and say, yeah, highlight me. I'm doing my best and not let it add to that anxiety of whether I'm finishing or not. This race is really just about my journey and I'm more than happy to share it. So that's a big shift as well. That's, that's really cool because what you just discussed is the other side of the coin. You know, the one side of the coin is, oh my God, there's added pressure. But the other side of the coin is, oh my gosh, there's extra support. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's a chance for me to, we talked about how sharing my story is somehow kind of part of my journey and part of what I need to do. And um, so it's another avenue for me to be able to do that. Yeah. You shared with me this week an email that you received from somebody uh, exactly on that topic about how your story, how your interest in Iron Man has uh, impacted her. Would you be willing to share that? Yeah, it was actually uh, an email that I got from uh, an, a staff person with the company that I work for. And she's kind of in charge of doing making sure that we all have our continuing medical education credits and credentialing things in order so that we can stay licensed and credentialed in various places. It's, it's really a hefty job actually, but I email correspond with her frequently about what CME I might need coming up. And, and she had sent me an email recently about some that I needed to do. And I had responded wanting to know what my deadline was and that, you know, the next three weeks I really was focused on my Ironman race and I really couldn't do it till after that, if that was okay. And so she's, she's well aware that I'm doing the Ironman uh, through all these correspondence, but her response this last time, uh, she said, you know, after the race is no problem. But then she went on to say, honestly, you doing the Ironman is really inspirational for me. I think it is amazing. I have been trying to turn things around health-wise for me, and it has been a bumpy road. But if you can do an Ironman, I can certainly step up and continue making changes for the better. I wish you the best for your race. And uh, so that was kind of heartwarming to get that. You know, someone who really hasn't even been on my radar of someone that I'm sharing my story with is picking up on it and 
using that as inspiration to make changes in their own life. So that was, that was a nice email to get. That's so cool. I think this is a really important message for all of us to understand and really get. And that is when we live our passion, when we're doing the things that light us up, it cannot help but shine onto others. And the fact that you might not ever hear from those people or know how you've impacted them doesn't mean that you're not impacting them. And that is the permission that is so important to give ourselves to keep doing the things that we really love and the things that make us feel really good. And the end goal, like, like Kim says, the day-to-day stuff, getting there might be hard work, but you're going for it for the experience of that journey and who you become along the way. And then also, yes, the achievement at the end, but it's who you become. And as you continue to grow in your own skin and follow what is in alignment for you, your light cannot be dimmed. It just cannot. And that, that is how we change the world. That is how we make an impact. Because as you shine on others, you're giving them permission to shine. And then they shine on others. And you're going through your day actually nice to the grocery store clerk. And you're holding doors and you're throwing a smile into a person's direction, even if they don't throw one back to you. And all of a sudden things just light up in brand new ways. So think about that. Think about how, how your light shines on others, gives them permission to do the same. And you don't have to get a reply back and it sure is nice when you do. And I always say for every reply you get, there are probably 10 more people that, uh, feel the same way, but aren't letting you know. Yeah. And, and I will say it's, it's really a byproduct of what I'm doing. It's, it's not that I'm even really attempting or trying hard to go out and force people to change. I'm just living my life. And I'll tell you, it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an added bonus. Yeah. Yeah. To, to what I'm doing. Yeah. Really true. And I will also add here too that, you know, when I first started working with you, I think one of the things that really got me to respond to you because, you know, another, what would you have done five or 10 years ago? I wouldn't have responded to anybody trying to help me make change. And even shortly before I met you, you know, I wouldn't respond to people trying to get me to make change. But I think there was something about me responding to you and what it was, was because the way you were living, I saw as a light, it's like, I want to be like that. And so it's really by example and not by, you know, what anybody, anything anybody could say or anything anybody could write that I could read. It was an actual example of the kind of life I wanted to live that was laid out in front of me as an example. And so my goal is to be that way too, like be that example of just how I'm living for someone to see and not necessarily have to tell them anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I want to be. I think I'm getting closer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, if we may digress into a bit of a love fest here, you know, thank you for that compliment. Um, I, I, over the week, this came to me, and I'm like, you know, I really want to share this on the podcast. And 
quite honestly, I'd forgotten about it until this moment, but uh, I have learned so much from, from working with you. So I want to thank you for that opportunity because you've made me a better person. You've made me a better coach. It's through this collaboration that we have back and forth that I have really improved and expanded my coaching abilities and, and my desire. Like I still have that burning desire to help make a difference in people's lives because I have found the things that work and the things that don't work. And while that's independent for each person based on their own uh, unique uh, responses, um, you just have provided me a really great learning platform. So I don't think I've ever told you that. I wanted to thank you for that. Oh, well, I appreciate it. This is a love fest. Tear <laughs> <laughs> up just a little bit. It's that, it's that unstable emotion that I'm feeling right now. It, you know, <laughs> I go from having just rage against the world an hour ago to now I kind of want to cry from joy. So okay. um, thank you for that. Yeah. It's nice to know that emotions can be dynamic. They don't have to, you know, get stuck and stay with you for days. Right. Yeah. Nice. So this would be a good time to share a quote out of that Brene Brown book that we've referenced a few times over the last several weeks, um, Gifts of Imperfection. On One, on self-compassion, because I really think that's the key to all of this, is to just basically be compassionate with yourself. And it's a moment of self-compassion can change your entire day. A string of such moments can change the course of your life by Christopher Germer is the original author of that quote. And, you know, it's so true. Like even the Ironman journey, just having little moments of remembering to be compassionate with myself when I have a bad workout or whatever has been, has gone a long way to getting me this far. But also going back to us talking about being a light and portraying ourselves out in the world. There's another quote in here that's really good. And it's courage has a ripple effect Every time we choose courage, we make everyone around us a little better and the world a little braver. And our world could stand to be a little kinder and braver. Mm. And, you know, my goal is just to be that person that basically gives people permission to go out and be who they are and, and inspire people to go out and live their own life in a courageous way. So. Well, and you are doing that. You are, you're doing it already in a courageous way, sharing your story on the podcast and now accepting the invitation from Ironman. And next week you have an interview with the local broadcast uh, news team, right? Yeah. One of the local news stations here as well is going to do a little story yeah. about my journey in Ironman. And they're coming out next week to do a little interview. And they're actually coming out this week a couple of different times to, to shoot a little footage of my uh, workouts and training. And then I'm meeting with the reporter next week. So that'll be, that'll be exciting. So if I may be the voice of many people out there, thank you for your courage in sharing your story because simply by you doing what you're doing and then being able to put it into words for the rest of us, it, increases the impact and it reaches that many more people so thank you thank you for doing that it's my pleasure actually it's helpful for me it's part of my growth process to do that and so again whatever else people get out of it is kind of a byproduct of me just doing what i need to do to be who i am so 
uh, I'm getting a lot of benefit out of it too. Very good. So as we're wrapping up today, what is the song that you're choosing for this week? What is the song I'm choosing for this week? Okay. Um, I didn't have one pre-picked out for this week. And I think for this week, you know, there's a lot of motivational songs and whatnot that I'm pulling on a lot right now for the race. And I could use any number of those. But I think what I'm going to go with today is a song by Pink in, in light of sharing and being a light and letting everybody else be who they are and being an example and just wanting everyone to have a perfect life. I'm going to go with a song called fucking perfect. (laughs) And as my gift and my, my expression to all the listeners out there, that this is what I think of them. Everyone is just fucking perfect. Uh, Awesome. So let's hear that song right now so we can get a feel for why you chose it. Made a wrong turn once or twice Dug my way out, blood and fire Bad decisions, that's alright Welcome to my silly life Mistreated, this place misunderstood
So Kim, thank you so much for being here with us today as your training begins to increase in um, mental anxiety and some worry. We really appreciate that you're still willing to be here with us and bringing us in, in the insides of your story. Have a wonderful training weekend, and we will definitely be back here with you next week. And listeners, thank you so much for being here and being a part of our family. We're becoming a one big love fest family. It's a great month for it. It's November, so we're in the month of gratitude. So I, I say let's turn up the volume on gratitude. Thanks again for being here. If you're listening to this on iTunes, if you could do me a favor, it'd be really awesome if you could review it. Uh, the more reviews that a podcast gets, the more people actually get turned on to it. So that really helps us get the word out to everybody. And if you're listening and listening to it from the website, uh, go ahead and put your name in that box and we're going to make sure that you get a notification every time a new podcast comes out. It's time to sign off for now. Have a fantastic week. And remember to always, always imagine the possibilities in your own life. Keep moving to live and living to move. Thanks for being with us today. We invite you to join us on our mission to move people forward and upward. Go to jillmsummers.com. That's jillmsommers.com for more information and to listen to other inspiring podcasts. And remember to do one thing today that moves your life forward, which impacts others around you to do the same.